laid this out for you this morning. I want to build this particular series on three premises. And the first premise that I want to build this series on is that we serve a speaking God. And he has revealed to us from the beginning, and the Bible reveals to us from the beginning what God has said. And so the purpose of God saying really is not for communication, but it's for to create. Oh, my God. We get a hold of that. The purpose of God saying something is not to communicate, but to create. Because we find that in Genesis 1, God said, and there was no one there to hear what he was saying. But it gives us a framework that God said, and the purpose of God saying was to create. And so God was speaking something that he wanted to create that was not there. And so there is something creative about the voice of God. And so that's the first premise. The first premise is that we serve a speaking God. And God speaks not just to communicate but to create. The second premise is that we are yes men and yes women in the earth. We are yes men. Would you say I'm a yes man or I'm a yes woman, wherever you are that you were born with, come on, would you just say that with me? Come on, right now, I'm a yes. Yeah, 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 I'm a yes man. I'm a yes man. Why are you a yes man? Because whenever, whatever it is that God says, that we are the people to say, yes, Lord. The same sound on earth that God is releasing in heaven. Would you say it one more time? I'm a yes man. I'm a yes woman. Yeah, that's it. Glory to God. So the first premise is that we, uh, that God is speaking. We serve a God that, is, that speaks. The second one is that we are yes people. We are yes people. And then the third premise is that every generation has a sound. Every generation has a sound and every culture has a sound and every move of God has an accompany sound. When you get that, this is the premise. These are the three premises that we'll be doing this series on. Every generation has a sound. There is something about the sound. Because I've been in worship services before where the people did not speak my language. I didn't understand a thing that they were saying. But I understood the sound. And, and, And there is a sound with every move of God. And so today is the day of Pentecost, and so I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Acts, the book of Acts chapter 2, and we're going to begin to look in Acts chapter 2. We'll start with verse 1 this morning, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Champions, let's read that together like we know it is the word of his power. Let's read it together now. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were all with what? One accord in what? One place. They were in one accord and in one place. Now, uh, this one accord and one place is uh, what uh, Matthew writes about. Matthew writes about this in the book of Matthew. I want you to stay in the book of Acts, however. But in the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, I want you to see this. Because in Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, notice what it says. 
For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Where two or how many? Three. What are they doing? They are gathered together. Look, this is uh, 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 one of the few places in the Bible where God was just kind of casual about what he said. Usually he's very specific. He says, you shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He says things that are definitive, but right here he says, where two or three are gathered together uh, in my name, that I will be there. My power will be there. My refreshing spirit will be there. My, my anointing will be there. But I want you to notice this, that he says that they must be gathered how? Together. Now, it is possible to be gathered and not be together. Um. But the Bible tells us that there is something powerful about being gathered together. And, I, I, and, and so there's, there's an interesting, powerful word, this word together. Because uh, you can go to a family reunion and you can be gathered, but you may not be to speak to each other until the next five years for the next reunion. So you're gathered, but you're not together. So notice what's happening here. Two or three gathered together in my name, I'll be there in the midst. Now, I want to give you just a, a story, and I shared this a, a, a little bit earlier, um, to, to demonstrate the importance of the together. Uh, when when uh, our oldest son was, was, was young, and he was kind of growing, and he had a tricycle. He had a, a um, big wheel. And he had this little bike that had training wheels on it. But he had gotten to a place where he didn't need training wheels anymore. And so we decided we were going to get him a bike. And we loved, when I walked into that Toys R Us, and I saw this bike that was uh, hanging there, and, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It called my name out as it was hanging there. And it had pedals. It had a, 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 a brakes. It has, you know pedals and brakes. It really had pedals and brakes without training wheels. It had everything there. It was just, just beautiful, shining. And I said, I'll take that one. They gave me a piece of paper and they told me to uh, drive around back and they would load it in the car for me. So I took this paper, I paid for it, and we drove it around the back and they put a box in my car. And uh, it was a huge box. I was excited. But when I got home and opened the box and turned it upside down, I poured out all the pieces and they fell over the floor. So the pieces were gathered in the box, but the bike wasn't together. And how many of you know that it's useless gathered if it's not gathered together? And so what, 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 uh, what, what, what God is, is saying here is that when we come together in one accord, when we come together uh, 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 with, with, with one heart, one mind, one focus, then his power will be in the midst. And so what we find then is we find that there were 120 people that were gathered on, uh, uh, in, the, uh, in this house. And as they were gathered in this house, and, uh, Jesus told them something. He, uh, he said to them, he says, what I want you to do in the book of Acts chapter 1 Verse 8, he said to them, 
but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So you're going to receive power. You've got to receive the power. Now, uh, I'm going to ask, would you come here, young man? Yes, you. Now, now, this guy here is a track star. I saw him running through the parking lot one day, and I know he runs fast. But, but I've got something I want to give to him, but he really doesn't know how to receive yet. So he doesn't receive it, but notice this, I'm giving it to him. He's not receiving it. Does it benefit him? Well, what must happen for it to benefit him? And then when he receives it, what he's able to do? So, so, so now he recognizes that he has to receive what has been given to him, or what is available to him. And so now, he, if he recognizes that he wants what has been given, he has to do something different than what he did previously. And so now I come up to him and I says, receive this power. He receives it. And how many of you know he knows how to receive? Good. So notice this. You have to what? You have to receive. So power has to be received. Look, he's counting it too. I like that guy there. You have to receive it. You have to receive it. And so, uh, so we recognize then that there were 120 in this house. And this 120 in this house that Jesus says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, let's look in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 2. Let's read it together now. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There came, uh, there suddenly came a sound from heaven. There came a sound from heaven. And everybody that was gathered together in the house, when the sound came, then now they received what the sound brought with them. They received that power. Now, when we look at that and we recognize then that... Uh, I've learned over the years, when I was growing up, I learned very early because we went to, to, to church in the country. And my grandmother's house was on a dirt road. Her house was right on the dirt road, and on the other side of the dirt road was the railroad track. And I learned at a very early age that you can hear the train before the train comes. And even if the train does not blow its whistle, you can still hear it. And not only can you hear it, but based on the proximity that you are to the train track, that you'll start feeling the presence of the train. And that house starts shaking. And so that's what it's like in the spirit. There is a sound that you can hear. There's a sound of a move of God that you can hear before you see it. 
So, hallelujah. There's a new sound. Would you say sound? There's a sound uh, prophetically that we will be able to hear what God is doing before everybody else sees it. There's a new sound. There's a new sound that's coming to the church. So the sound of the church is changing. It's changing. There's a new sound. My God, glory to God. It's, there's a new, I'm just so stirred up in my spirit. Now, now, let me show you how this thing works together. God has created the heaven and the earth to function together. And God created, and I'm going to show you how this works. God created the sun. And the sun is the thing that has the power. It has heat. It has energy. But then there is something that is related to the sun that works together. And that is the moon. But the moon is a big dead piece of rock. And it has no energy. But one of the things, has, but one of the things that's so significant is that when the sun is aligned with the moon, that the moon now began to reflect the energy of the sun. And they began to work together. Would you say together? And so even when I cannot see the sun, that I can see the moon, and because I know that the moon is a reflection of the sun, although I cannot see the sun, I know that it's there somewhere. So what we recognize then is that not only is it the sun and the moon, but God created us to have power in both the spirit realm and the natural realm. And so when God created man, what he did is he put us in an environment where the earth was to respond to our sound. The earth was to respond to the sound of our voice. And so Adam is living now. He's living in a world that he only uh, that governs it. He doesn't govern the, the world that he's living in by force. He doesn't fight to govern the world. But the world was supposed to respond to the sound of his voice. And so what we recognize then is that Adam is a reflection of God, just as the moon is a reflection of the sun. The moon is not the sun, but the moon is a reflection of the sun. Adam is not God, but Adam is a reflection of God. The earth is not heaven, but the earth is a reflection of the will of God in heaven. And so as long as Adam is in alignment with God, then although they may not see God, they can see the power of God working through Adam. And even though that, that God is not visible, they know he's there somewhere. Why? It's because the earth is responding to the sound of the voice of a man. But when Adam disobeyed God, he cursed the ground, not God. And the Bible says that you shall work by the sweat of your brow. And so now for Adam to get out of the ground or out of the earth, what he could get with the sound of his voice, he has to get it from his work. But God never intended for us to work 
Mm. <laughs> to produce the blessing. It, it, it was supposed to operate according to a sound. And, and when Adam got out of alignment with that, now no longer did the earth respond to the sound of his voice. But he had to work it. And now the earth mm, and heaven is no longer working together. Man and God is no longer working together. Man is no longer a reflection of God. But what God did in Genesis 2, when he began to create man, he blew on man the breath of life, and man became a living being. God did the same thing in that upper room with the 120 people, that he blew on them, and they became what Adam was. But first, before they got the power, they heard the sound. The sound of the church is changing. You got to receive that. It's changing. It's changing. And so, uh, because we serve a speaking God, we want to be right in the middle of what God is saying. Amen? Because man does not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And so the word of God, the sound of God, the voice of God is, a proceed, is proceeding. It is moving. It is leading us. And, and it doesn't negate what God has done in the past. I mean, it doesn't minimize what God has done, but it only reflects what God is doing right now and is about to do. Uh, because you know what? I've got a, a, a wonderful sweater that I love. It looks really good on me, and I don't think any of you have seen me in it. It looks good on me, and it, it comes all the way up around my neck, and it's got that fur around the neck, and it fits real good. Every time I, I put that on and I walk around the house, Gwen looks at me, and she says, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> but, but although I like that, I can't wear it when it's 90 degrees outside. But it doesn't make that sweater irrelevant. It just has to be worn in the right season. And so there's a sound. There's a sound. And, and, and there's got to be a connection in the spirit or you'll miss that sound. But there, there, there's a sound. Would you say the sound? There's a sound. There's a sound. Now, uh, in the country today, we certainly have seen all the uh, uh, things that are happening, the tragical, tragic things that are happening. America's tired of fighting. And over the years, we've heard the phrase, no boots on the ground. The reason that phrase is, is because we, 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 we're just tired of fighting. But yet they recognize that in some ways they still have to fight. Let me say this to you. That if the nation is battle-weary, and they're tired of fighting, but when you come to the church, the church is in spiritual warfare, why do people need to come to church if they're in warfare all week long, and they're in warfare when they're at the church? 
Now, it does not say that you won't have to fight a battle. But if the country is in warfare, the church ought to be in harvest. The book of Isaiah chapter 2. Let's read it together now. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. You know what plowshares are used for? Plowshares are used for, for uh, cultivate the harvest and to prepare for the harvest. Pruning hooks are used looking forward to the harvest. And God blew this scripture in my heart. And then he said these words, we, the church, would you say the church? The, church. the body of Christ, would you say the body of Christ? We are moving from warfare to harvest. The season has changed. And there is a sound to every season and every move of God. We are moving from warfare into harvest, from fighting into favor. That's the sound that God's releasing. Now, now, now let's look at this. Uh, in, in the book of 2 Kings, just turn there very quickly, and, and I just want to share this scripture with you, and then we're going to wrap it up because I'm just laying the foundation today. I'm laying the foundation today. Glory to God. Ah, 2 Kings. Okay. As you go to 2 Kings, I want to share something with you because you've got to see this. We see this all throughout the Bible, though. We see it all throughout the Bible that... Uh, we can become so focused on fighting that we don't recognize favor. We can become so focused on fighting that we don't recognize favor. Let me just tell you this. Remember Abraham? Abraham came to a place where the Bible says that he began, he heard the sound of God's voice, and he went up to the mountain. The only way for Abraham to take that ram out of those thorns is that God would have had to take the fight out of the ram. And so the fight was gone. And all Abraham had to do was recognize, receive the favor. Receive the provision. <laughs> okay? So, 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 so we recognize that. Now, again, I'm not saying that you won't have to fight sometime, but it should not be a continuous fight that you're always in spiritual warfare fighting the devil. Oh, the devil. The Bible says in the book of Luke that when Jesus came out of the wilderness, the devil left him alone. There should come a time where the devil will leave you alone. My God. You, oh, my God. Okay. Would you say the sound? <laughs> Glory to God. Now, now, look at this. There's a famine in the land. The famine has been going on for several years now. There's this great famine in the land that's been going on for several years. And, and notice here uh, in the book of 2 Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter 7. Notice this. 2 Kings chapter 7 verse 1. Uh, the Bible says that there was this great famine. Then Elisha said, Hear 
the word of the Lord. In other words, he says that hear the sound of heaven. Hear the sound that's coming from heaven. Hear the word of the Lord. Come on, let's read it together now. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow about this time, a say of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, and two says of parley, parley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. He's talking about the ease of the famine because they've been struggling, they've been fighting to survive, they've been trying to get by. And so Elisha tells them that there is a sound that's coming from heaven. And God is saying that the famine is about over. And so this man said, look, look, I'm telling you that you can hear sound before you see the evidence. Remember, he said that I hear the sound of an abundance of rain, but they saw nothing. But he heard the sound before they saw the evidence. And if you're living and walking and you're moving into this season by sight, you'll miss the sound. But I'm fully persuaded that there's not one person that's part of the Champion Center that will miss the sound that's coming from heaven. Would you say the sound? Come on, shout it out to the Lord, the sound. Glory to God. So he says that uh, this thing is about over. What you struggled with, you don't have to struggle with anymore. What you've been fighting for, you won't have to fight anymore. Look at this, verse 2. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God. You guys are reading with me? Let's read it together. Now, look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat. He couldn't hear the sound. And because he could not hear the sound, he could not experience the manifestation of the sound. My God. He couldn't hear. He could not receive that the season had changed. And because he could not receive the season had changed, he could not receive the benefits that the sound brought, the power that the sound brought. Notice this, verse 3. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. They didn't hear the sound, but they made a decision. At the same time, the sound was spoken and was released by Elijah. They didn't hear it, but there was something in their knowing. See, a believer ought to be able to hear the voice of God and to know because you're gathered together with him what God is doing, what God is saying. They didn't hear the sound, but they got the revelation. And so they said this. They didn't know fully what they were doing. It says that now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? These men spoke eight words that would change their lives. Why are we sitting here until we die? Why sit here until we die? Let's keep reading. If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city, 
and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. So they said, look, it doesn't matter what we do, but we're going to do something different than what we have done. Because there is a change, there's a wind blowing. And so they said that, let's just go in and we're going to surrender. But we made a decision that we are not. They were expecting a confrontation. Let's keep reading. Let's go to the next verse. And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the camp, to their surprise, no one was there. Wait a minute. The Syrian army had gathered up all the food. They had gathered up the gold. They had gathered up the civil, the jewels. And they had them in the camp. And they were partaking of what was in the camp. And as these uh, four leprous men were sitting on the outside, they made a decision. And so why are we sitting here until we die. Let's do something. Would you say let's do something? And the Bible says that they got up and they began to go into the, the camp. And when they got to the gate of the camp, to their surprise, the enemy was gone. What happened that God took the fight out of their enemy? God caused these four lepers, the feet of four men, to sound like a great and mighty army. Come on, would you just do your feet like this? Come on, do your feet like that all over the building. They heard the four men. Keep doing it. They heard the four, they, they, they heard the four but the four sounded like an army. And they said, they come to ambush us. And they ran out of the city the opposite way. So when those four lepers men got to the gate, they were expecting a fight, but they found a harvest. They were expecting opposition, but they found favor. And they walked in. God had taken the fight out of their enemy. And they began to partake of the food, the drink, the gold, the silver, everything that they were deprived of because society said so, that they were able to partake of simply because there was a sound that was released. Perhaps you've been fighting. You've been warned. Fight's over. It's time to move into the harvest. I hear a glittering sound. You've got to catch that. It's not a sound of fighting. But when we gather together, it's a sound of harvest. It's a sound of faith. You have to receive.